Um, that was awesome, right? Um, I, I've never been a part of a church that had their own original song. So uh, that makes me, yeah, take that first birthday. We already have our first song, too. That's exciting, right? All right. Um, this morning we're starting a new message series, Brave, Strong, Known, Loved. There are some t-shirts that we still have available, so make sure you grab one on your way out. Um, this message series has been on my heart for a long time, if I'm honest. Um, I sometimes get this rumbling, like, deep down in my soul. Not, I sometimes get it in my stomach, too. <laughs> but um, mainly I get it in my soul, and it just reminds me that something just isn't how it's supposed to be yet. Anybody ever had this feeling like, you're like, oh, something's just not right. I'm not exactly where I want to be. You, you just feel it, like something is rumbling deep, deep down in I believe that is honestly why you all are here this morning. I believe you've recognized and experienced that rumble and you've wanted to do something about it. You're tired of ignoring it. You're tired of pretending that it's not there. You're tired of getting up or going to sleep at night and saying, like, I just don't think things are the way they're supposed to be. I think that rumble is God's way of saying to you, you are in one place, your community is in one place, the world is in one place, and I have something else for you. I want you to move this way. I believe this morning that's why we're here. And I believe if you look around, you'll see other people here who also are experiencing that kind of rumbling deep down in their soul. We don't exactly know what's next but we just know that things aren't the way they're supposed to be right now. I just want to let you know, Horizon is a place where you can just be. You can, it's not a place about hiding that this, this rumbling. It's not a place about pretending that this rumbling isn't real. You don't have to pretend here that it isn't there. You are not alone. Look around. Seriously, look around. You are not alone. We all experience this from time to time, that things just aren't the way they're supposed to be. I believe it's, this rumbling is a sign in our heart and our body that something is on the horizon. And I think the rumble is a reminder that you might fall if you take a step into it. Maybe even it's a reminder of the bruised knees, the skinned elbows, the broken heart, the shattered dreams of the steps that you've already taken and you've fallen. Maybe that's what that rumble reminds you of this morning. I'm here to tell you that I believe this morning every single person in here is facing two choices. We can stay right where we are and keep ignoring the rumble. We can, we can hide from the rumble. We can hunker down and pretend like it's not there. We can act like everything's okay. We can numb that rumble with whatever things we find in our lives to numb it from. Or we can take a step holding the hand of a God who wants to move you from the place where that rumble is happening to the place where God wants you and our community and this world to be. I think this morning we have that choice to make. And I believe this morning we are faced with the question, well, how do I do it? How do I do it? And the way that, jo that God answered that question for Joshua was that you have to be brave. You have to be brave. When, when, God, when do you want me to be brave? Tomorrow, next week, when my finances are, are more in shape? A month from now, when things are better in my life? Three months from now, when I've got everything just right? How about then? How about I be brave and do this new thing you're calling me to then? And God says, no. No. Be brave 
now. So our question for the series is, where are you right now and where is it that God wants you to be? But this morning, the question is, when do you want to be brave to move to that next place? And I think you're going to hear God say today. Today is the time to be brave. We're going to look at the story of Joshua, but to understand Joshua, you have to know about this guy named Moses. Moses was a leader of the people called the Israelites. They lived in Egypt, and they were enslaved. So they worked every day really hard, doing terrible labor in this awful system, and they cried out to God, there has to be something more. Our lives have to mean something else. And you know what God told them? It it does. But you're going to have to move from the place where you are, where you are enslaved and you are captive to all these things. You're going to have to move from that place to a new place, and you're going to have to follow Moses to do that. I've I've called and raised up Moses to be the person who's going to lead you from all that mess to a new day, to promised land flowing with milk and honey God says a land where there are already people there the Hezizites and all these things I can't really pronounce they are already living there but the promised land doesn't have to be empty for you to live there there is a new day where we can figure out how to live together this is what God tells the people of the Israelites so they pack their stuff and they head out on this crazy journey God splits a sea for them to walk through to get away from an army that's chasing them they live in the wilderness in a desert for 40 years y'all that's longer than I've been alive for 40 years I would have been born in the wilderness I would be right now I'd be itching for the promised land right you're you know mid-30s you're ready to go um, but this or mid-twenties, and you're also ready to go, wherever you are. (laughs) Um, The promised land is still there. So Moses has led the people for 40 years through the wilderness and through through this sort of season of 40 years. And then Moses is starting, like he knows his life is is coming to an end. He knows it's not going to be long. And so God takes Moses up on a mountain, and he shows him the promised land that they've been waiting for. And on that mountain, God looks out, Moses looks out and he sees this bright green, lush grass where these cows are grazing, giving the creamiest, best milk that you could ever imagine. He sees trees just loaded down with pomegranates. He sees these, bu- these bees like flying around getting honey um, or making honey, whatever they do. Moses is watching it, right? This promise, he sees these people like living together well. And he says, I, I want my people there. And, and God says, Moses... This is what the promised land looks like. This is the vision you've been given for 40 years, but you're not going to get there by yourself. In fact, you're not going to get there at all. I've I've asked Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. So Moses comes back down off the mountain, and he goes into a room where he's like laying on his deathbed. Joshua, his helper, this guy who's been by his side for 40 years, he's trained him, he's a mentor, he's like a father figure to him. Joshua comes in to to Moses' room, and Moses lays his hands on his shoulders. And we don't know what Moses said, because Scripture doesn't tell us what what Moses says. But Moses lays his hands on Joshua's shoulder, and Joshua felt something in his bones, deep in his bones. He knew that where the Israelites were, where where Joshua was at that moment, was not where God wanted them to be. He began to feel this rumble and he knew he was going to have to take the hand of God to move the people from where they were to where God wanted them to be and then Moses died y'all hear this for all of you who are making excuses about why things aren't perfect in your life to do the brave thing now. Joshua was called to be the leader of the people of the Israelites after his father figure, his best friend, the guy who could be in the back saying, you lead now and I'll just give directions from here. He died. 
he died. And this, I want y'all to read with me in Joshua chapter 1, what it is that, um, that, that the word of the Lord, what God speaks to Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aide, his helper, his right hand. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. Excuse me, I'll give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon. Le I lived outside of Nashville and Lebanon, Lebanon once, so I always get that mixed up because we say it different. Anyway, I'll extend it from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, as I was for Moses, as I was right there with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Have I not con commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, so when did they need to be brave? Now, three days from now, we will cross the Jordan River here and go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you as your own. The question this morning for us is when do I need to be brave? And the, God, the answer that God gives to us is the time is now to be brave. Not when all your circumstances are set up. Jo Joshua's mentor, his friend Moses, is dead. That's the first thing that God says to him. Mo Moses is dead. And then he, it's not easy. You're like, you don't understand what things I have to give up, what barriers I'm going to have to overcome. Did anybody here grow up playing Oregon Trail? This was no joke. He was going to take all these people across a river. I died every time I had to cross a river. This was a real barrier. This was a, this was a real deal. And God said, be brave now. Quit looking at all those circumstances in your face right now. And be brave now. Be brave right now. In a world that, that strives to convince us that, that this rumble is a sign to stop, God says, be brave and keep moving forward. So how are we brave? How are we brave right now? I think this story, this beginning story of Joshua tells us how to do it. First of all, the time is now. Second of all, I never hear this story when I don't think about my friend Hunter, who I went to graduate school with. Hunter was the same... Um, we went to Vanderbilt Divinity School. We finished at the same time. And in our last semester, you do these interviews to tell where you're going to be placed and what's, what's sort of next. And if you don't pass them, you have like three weeks to figure your life out. Um, it, it's kind of intense. So it's a really that last semester is really stressful figuring out what's next. Hunter was brilliant. He was well-versed. and He got like A's in all of his classes. Folks just loved him. We knew he would ace his interviews, but he came back to school after doing the, he was gone for three days to take the interviews. He comes back and he didn't pass 
the interviews, and Hunter was absolutely crushed. He was absolutely crushed. And he was like, I don't even know what to do. And Hunter's dad was just a mentor, a friend, an amazing guy in his life. And we were like, Hunter, you need to go home and see your dad. He was a pastor. He's going to help you figure out how to pick these pieces up and figure out what's next. So Hunter drove from Nashville to, to Birmingham, Alabama to spend some time with his dad. They went for a run. They often ran together. And on the run, Hunter is like, go, you know how you do, like you just start wheeling out of control. Like, I don't know what's next. Everything in my life is out of control. I don't even know what's next. And Hunter's dad said, stop. Stop on this run. And he looked at him and he said, Hunter, I, I don't know what's next for you either. But this is what you have to know right now. Quit, know, quit having to know what's next and know whose you are. You are a child of God, and you've got to start there, son. That's where you have to start. And they finished their run. And the next morning, Hunter got up early to come back to Nashville. He had to be at church by 10, so he got up really early. And in the cool March air in Birmingham, Alabama, his dad walked out to the car. Hunter rolled his window down. And Glenn Pugh put his hands on Hunter's shoulder, and he said, Remember whose you are. You are a child of God. And Hunter went off to school to be a little more brave to face the next three weeks of his life. Three days after Hunter gets back to school, I get a call from Hunter and he says, the last words my dad ever said to me was know whose you are. And he starts to choke up and I said, Hunter, what is wrong? Hunter's dad died in a tragic car accident three days after he told his son, remember whose you are. And he told me, he said, now is the time, Erica, I have to remember whose I am. Now is the time I have to be brave. The circumstances weren't right. It was time for him to just give up on life, right? That's way too much for anybody to encounter. But Hunter was brave. He didn't hide from the pain. He didn't, he didn't numb the pain. We were present with him as he kept dealing with that. He's, a, he's an amazing pastor right now. He passed interviews the second time. He's doing amazing things in Alabama. But there is a moment in your, there are these moments in our lives, right, where, where all around us we think, why do we, when do we need to be brave? And the time to be brave is right now. The, these words weren't for Joshua some 3,000 years ago. These words are for you. Be brave, be strong, and be courageous to move from the place where you are right now to the place where God wants you to be, to the promised land. That's what the promised land is about. So four ways that Joshua helps us to know how to be brave. A brave new day recognizes the reality, the realness of what is happening right now. Did y'all hear what the first thing God told, Moses, God told Joshua? Moses is dead. I, I was a teacher before I was a pastor. One of the things they teach you in parent-teacher conferences is sandwich things. It, it, do this hamburger method where you say something positive, then you get to the meaty thing you need to actually have the parent-teacher conference about, and then always end it with something positive. We called it something different when the principal wasn't around, but we called it a hamburger when we talked about the model that we needed to do for a parent-teacher conference. God doesn't hamburger this, right? God just says the reality of this situation is Moses is dead. If you want to be brave, you're going to have to be real about the situation in your life. What is going on right now that you're trying to sandwich and sugarcoat and put in some other form? The word of the Lord is real. It says Moses is dead. What is the real situation that you are going through right now? See, see real kind of bravery doesn't ignore or pretend what, what all is happening. It doesn't pretend like everything is okay. Bravery is going to require us to be real. 
The people, the Israelites knew. Joshua didn't really know what he was doing. But, right, but Moses was dead and he was the leader they had. And it was time to be brave. And to be brave, he had to be real. The second thing is a brave new day requires you to recognize who you are and whose you are. Moses didn't hand Joshua a sword and a shield and say, go fight to get your way to leadership. He laid his hands on his shoulders. And we don't know what he said, but there's something about just who he was that was enough. To be brave, you are going to have to remember who you are and whose you are. Put down the shield, put down the sword, put down all those things that you have up protecting yourself, right? Today it's maybe something different than a sword or a shield. What is it for you? That is making you look brave, but you aren't really being brave. Because the brave new day is going to re require you to recognize whose you are and who you are. I just read a story recently about um, a kid who was a huge U University of Tennessee volunteer fan. Like just this last couple weeks, this is not a good time to be a UT fan. But he was, he is. And he didn't have a UT shirt. He didn't have a shirt that said University of Tennessee. So his teacher convinces him, just wear an orange shirt. It'll be fine, that'll be how you... On Friday, we're going to have College Spirit Day. You just wear an orange shirt. And so he went and he got copy paper, and he made on the shirt a uh, U and a T. This is a picture of it. I have it. He, he made him a University of Tennessee shirt. Isn't that awesome? He, he's like, y'all wear your fancy. He's, from, he's a school, from a school in Florida. Y'all wear your fancy Florida Gator and FSU things. I'm going to wear a UT shirt that I made myself because I know who I am. I am a UT Vols fan. That's what he says, and some kids picked on him that day at school, and his teacher um, puts out this thing on Instagram and Facebook about how he got picked on because he didn't have a UT shirt, but he made his own because he knew who he was. He knew he was a volunteer fan, and you know what the University of Tennessee did? They created a shirt that they're now selling, and 100% of the profits go towards anti-bullying because UT said, no, we're not, you're not just our fan. We are your fan, too. You are ours and we are yours. This is what God does. When we take off the shields and we put just a piece of paper on our shirt that says, this is just who I am, God says, yep, and I'm a fan of you. This is what it means that God is with you. God is with you and for you. This is what it looks like. And to be brave is going to require you to recognize who you are and whose you are. You are God's who is with you and who loves you enough. This, this is exactly what God does is make shirts to be your biggest fan. The third thing that a brave new day is going to require you to do is you, you're going to have to know the word of God. You're going to have to know what it is that God wants and thinks of you and expects from you. And that, that's going to mean you spend some time every day reading scripture and praying. I've got a reading plan up right now for this first chapter of Joshua. Spend some time reading it and reflecting on the brave new thing that God is calling you to today. The, you can sign up for it um, on the, the website. But you are going to have to know the word of God. And not just know like what it says, but begin to experience it and let it seep into your bones. That rumble, what does... What is the word of God saying about this rumble that I'm experiencing, this new day that I'm craving and need to be brave to walk into? What is it going to take? It's going to take you knowing, experiencing, understanding the word of God and how it works in your life. And you can't know it and you can't understand it unless you're spending some time with God every day. What, is it, what does it mean to know and be known by God? That's what the brave new day is going to require 
from you. A brave new day also is going to include everyone around you. If right now the, the brave new day, the, the new thing that you feel like God is calling you into, if you're automatically thinking of who all you don't want to be there and experience that with you, that is not the brave new day that God is talking about. Joshua went and got all the people in the camp, all of them, the kids, the, the moms, the, the guys who disagreed with every plan that he was making, he got them all. He got them all together and he led them across the river into the promised land. The brave new day that God is calling you to, it includes everybody and everything. And if it doesn't, if you're leaving people behind, then it's not really God's new day. Y'all, I'm not just talking about this complicated, complex, cosmic new day that God is doing. Wherever you are right now, if it's in your job, if it's in your relationship, if it's in your friendships, if it's in... If it's in whatever, your parenting, whatever, wherever you are right now and deep down you feel this rumble, I'm not who God wants me to be yet. God says this morning, take my hand and let's step boldly and bravely, bravely into a new day. The people of Israel had to trust Joshua to do that work, right? To lead in to the new day. And some, a couple thousand years later, God sent a guy named Jesus which is the Greek version of Joshua. Joshua means God saves. God is salvation. That's what Joshua means. And a, couple, a thousand or so years after Joshua led the people, the Israelite people, across and into the promised land, God sent Jesus, which means in Greek, God is salvation. And this is what struck me the most about that word this week. I grew up in the country. My, I can't hear the word salvation and not think of my grandma saying salve. It's this ointment that you put on everything from a cough. Like if you have a cough, you rub it on your chest and your feet. If you skin your knee, you rub it on your knees. Because it's this, this healing balm that, that moves you towards healing. That's what this brave new day is about. Salvation is a salve. It's about God healing us through the work of Jesus. Just this week, I had a little bit of that rumbling that I was talking about earlier. Maybe that's why I could talk about it. Because I knew it, I had experienced this rumbling, like, what, what's next? I feel like I'm not exactly where God wants me to be. What is it going to take for me to continue stepping into the things that God is asking me to do? What does it mean to lead the people around me into experiencing that new day? And I began to feel this rumble, like, what's going on? What's going on? Something's not right. And I told Chris, I was like, I don't know what to do anymore, Chris. Like, I, I feel this rumble. Something's not right. I don't know what to do. And Chris looked at me and he said, Erica? Do you really believe in Jesus? And I had just read that Joshua and Jesus, they mean the same thing. God is salvation. Do I actually believe that? And I took a second and I took a deep breath. And without even knowing, there were tears rolling down my face. Yes, I believe in Jesus. I believe he came here to model a new way, a new brave way of living life where we don't ignore people just because they're different or because they're sick or because they think different than us. A new day, right, where everybody has enough food. A new day where he sees people who hide in trees just to get a better glimpse of him. People who are greedy and like their money more than they like anything else. Yes, I believe in a God who, who used Jesus to save us and heal us from all of those things. I believe in a God who used Jesus and a small group of people to change the world forever. I believe in that. I believe that some of us 
sometimes get so caught up in the things of the world that we can't see truth and life when it's walking right in front of our face like Jesus. And so we do things like crucify them. Yes, I believe in Jesus. And do I believe in a God who says all those things that are keeping you where you are and not into the promised land, not into that new day, not experiencing the new things. I am more powerful than all of those, so I'm going to raise Jesus from the dead. Do I believe in Jesus? Gosh, I I don't have a choice but to believe in that Jesus. Because when we begin to believe in that Jesus, we can march boldly and bravely into a new day where everybody experiences light and change. Do you believe in Jesus that God is salvation? Because the world's going to convince you to be brave. You've got to put up your sword and you've got to grab your shield. But God says something different. Put down your shield and experience my salve, my healing balm. That's how you're brave. We're real. We know God and God's word. We know who we are and whose we are. And we go out into that world where there are people just beyond those doors and we say, this new day is for you too. No one is left behind. No one will be left behind. Will you pray with me this morning? God, I just pray this morning that we can be brave people, stepping into what it is you're asking us to do. Taking that bold next step from where we are to where it is you want us to be as a community and as people individually. And for those of us this morning who recognize that that we've got some healing to do, we just pray, God, that you'll begin that work in us right now. That we're not going to be brave enough to wait till all the circumstances are better in a couple weeks or a couple days, but that right now, God, right now we are ready to be brave and experience your healing. Amen.